0: The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN.
1: Believe it or not, today is the coldest day of the week. Right. And it is currently ninety two in Manhattan. Enjoy it. And I'm supposed to be going to a concert. So is Travion, by the way. Tomorrow going to night. a concert tomorrow night <laughs> in a day that's gonna be ten degrees warmer with heat index almost touching one ten. Glad my seats are in the shade. They're <laughs> at the upper deck of Kauffman Stadium.
0: Yeah, it's not uh, like the wonderful August evening of watching Billy Joel at Coors Field.
1: No, this is the part of the summer where uh, it's basically hell yeah. on earth. Yeah. yeah. It's hot. Essentially. It's hot. Yeah, today 93, 103 tomorrow, and then Wednesday we take a break. We're in the mid-90s, and then it's hundos the, yep. the rest of the week. I Basically, the whole sh- state of Kansas is a shade of orange, according to the weather map. Hopefully, humidity will be... Somewhat down so we could at least let it be bearable. But Oof. Uh, it's been so hot early. It's going to be so hot how tomorrow. Hot had, oh, anyway, yeah. sorry. I know. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be so hot tomorrow. I've literally, like, I have been debating about going. I'm like, how bad do I want to go to this concert? I mean, I got free tickets. I don't really want to watch Def Leppard. And now they're going to be closing the show. They switched it back to where Def Leppard is closing, and Motley Crue will be the penultimate. They switched it for a moment where Motley Crue was closing, and now I guess they're switching it back, starting with this show in Kansas City, and of course, Joan Jett and Poison. I really want to see Joan Jett. I've seen Motley Crue, Poison I'm all right with, and Def Leppard. I just want to hear the song Let It Go. Not not the Frozen. That's from Frozen, right? Let It Go? Mm Mm-hmm. Not that song. I'm talking about right. my favorite Def Leppard song. I've never really wanted to see Def Leopard, but I I you know, I'll watch him. I'll check him out, see if they still live up to the hype. Vince Neil, can uh he skips words all the time, but he's been doing that for decades. <laughs> I don't know. I suppose I'll still give it a try. Uh, Is it a case of young?
0: uh, Is it a case of forgetting lyrics or no? Out of breath?
1: Yeah. He literally just mumbles everything. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, when I saw him ten years ago,
0: I mean, it worked for Bob Dylan for decades.
1: When I saw him ten years ago, it was uh, it was all right. I, I I still thought Motley Crue put on a great show, but you know, Vince. Probably hasn't been in his prime in a good 30 years. Yeah, yeah. That prime has been long gone for quite some time. Given As a live performer. Given
0: the strain on vocal cords, it's not surprising.
1: Plus, those that sing at those high notes, Mm -hmm. I worry about them when they get older. Because they're probably not going to be able to keep that kind of singing up. Oh, no. I mean, Getty Lee is a great example of that. Rush. Mm-hmm. Oh. You, Those high notes were his worst enemy mm-hmm. at one point mm-hmm. towards the tail end of his career. Yep. You, you have to adjust
0: accordingly. I mean, there's no way Billy Joel is doing the longest time in that falsetto that the, anymore.
1: Well... I've never seen Billy Joe live. I don't know. I can't I can't no, give you an answer he's,
0: there. He's not. It's someone else in the band that is singing the falsetto
1: nowadays. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and Travion Brooklyn is with us today. That's the trio. I still plan to take tomorrow off because I, I, I would like to go to that concert, which I'm now going by myself. <gasps> People backing out on me. I don't know if it's just because uh, the heat got to them or they really have stuff going on. But today on the show, hour number two, we're going to talk K-State football with somebody on the national spectrum of college football talk with Carl Reed, who has a, uh, a big prediction on K-State's football season mm-hmm. this, this year. Exactly how fast is Dylan Edwards? Well, he showed us over the weekend wow. exactly how fast is he, um, and it's better numbers than he had a month ago. Oh, boy. K-State's non-conference schedule is out for men's basketball, but let's start out with uh, the report that just came out a little over an hour ago from Dennis Dodd at CBSSports.com. He's their national college football writer, and it has to do with the Big 12. But the Big 12, as what I feel like has been reported, is also not the headliner in the article, because Notre Dame would be that headliner. Reported by Dennis Dodd, sources have reported to CBS Sports that Notre Dame is asking, wanting, $75 million annually from NBC for their media rights and to stay independent. That is a gigantic chunk of money. Mm-hmm. Because right now in the latest agreement with Notre Dame and NBC, Notre Dame is getting fifteen million a year so that would be a humongous raise wow but also i mean keep this in mind as well notre dame also gets money from the playoff they get money from you know of course they they don't play all their games on nbc no because uh road games are for the home team
0: but whoever their opponent is on the home side gets the uh, radio or the tv uh, contract
1: and from what I also understand, like they also get some money from like the ACC from the games they play with the ACC, and so they get a lot more than fifteen million dollars a year right now. But what that's what they currently get from NBC. Now, what is also being again discussed in consideration? I mean, those are the best words we can use right now. Is NBC has also been uh, valuing. The possibility of shoulder programming teaming up with the Big 12 in the New Deal. Now, that's where I want to start. Shoulder programming. I don't like those two words together when you're talking about the Big 12. Because what that tells me, shoulder programming is a TV radio phrase. And what that essentially is, is like in radio, you have a broadcast of a game. When I do Manhattan High football, before a game and after a game, I will do a pregame and postgame show. That is considered shoulder programming. Uh, you know, like any game, uh, like, you know, CBS, when they have NFL games, the pregame show, that is considered shoulder programming. After the noon games, the transition from one game to another, they go back to the studio. That is shoulder programming. Now, as we speculate and try to figure out what exactly all that means, if we're going by that, that doesn't seem like the best deal for the Big 12, in my opinion, because you don't want the Big 12 to be shorter programming for Notre Dame. Notre Dame is going to pull in a lot of viewers. Does NBC, like, where do they consider the value in that point of the Big 12 if they're going to consider the Big 12 shorter programming for Notre Dame? Now at the same time, I also think about because I'm just where my mind goes when I hear stories like this, I basically break it down through scenarios. What could this mean for the Big 12? What could this mean for, for Notre Dame? How, what, is the, what is the thoughts of NBC when they consider how much they would pay the Big 12 for this kind of position with Notre Dame competing for the money that, the, that NBC is willing to dish out for college football, college basketball? If this is going to pan out?
0: It has to be, in all likelihood, Tier 2 for the Big 12, doesn't it? It would have to be the the secondary level of the contract. This is where the Big 10, according to Dennis Dodd, uh, is at right now with their fact that Fox is going to get the, the number one portion of that contract and had considered uh, looking at this type of a deal. It would have to be a Tier 2.
1: So I was also thinking Tier 2 at this time because of course the Big 12 there'll be multiple tiers probably you know 3 potentially where Big 12 games might end up. Yeah, tier 2 was my consideration because okay, so if, if NDC was willing to go 75 million per year from Notre Dame the return on investment. Obviously they'll they'll get the, you know, advertisement money. That's going to be a big chunk of money because Notre Dame is a top 5 program in the country when it comes to drawing eyeballs to their games Didn't doesn't matter where Notre Dame goes they're going to draw a huge audience we're talking three to four million per game and also NBC like Troy mentioned they are just paying for the home games but maybe that will change as well I, most likely not it would be the home games seven a year and you're talking over 10 million a game
0: here's the other reason that I look at it as having to be a tier two if it happens this doesn't say anything about basketball Right. For Notre Dame or for the Big 12. But it doesn't say... It is a strictly football-only situation. Well, let me... It appears. Now...
1: You're right. It says... So I, I went back to the article here. So, because
0: NBC right now doesn't have any college basketball.
1: Right. And it was from a Power 5 conference to enhance its college football mm-hmm. coverage. hmm so, right. Not, yeah, you're right. Exactly. I wasn't even thinking about that. It's not including basketball. So, that even le- more even leaned towards probably not a Tier 1 for the Big 12. This would be the FS1 equivalent. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. But also for for NBC and Notre Dame, is this also with going into what we said earlier about shoulder programming, hmm. and you put the lesser Big 12 games on NBC, is that just to promote the Notre Dame games. I mean, that's where I get the shoulder programming from. But also, how much does Peacock get involved? Their their, uh, their streaming app where you can go find The Office. You can go find Parks and Rec, reruns of Roseanne, all that NBC programming that they had back in the day. Go to Peacock, WWE Network. NBC paid $1 billion to the WWE to get their old catalog and also to stream their, um, their pay-per-views. So is NBC thinking, all right, if we're going to pay all this money, return on investment, let's get all those college football viewers, three to $4 million, and get them to our streaming site? Here's what I'm thinking as this lays out.
0: Because of the fact that you don't have the road games if you're the Notre Dame rights holder, NBC is exceptionally inconsistent on Saturdays now because of the fact that they do not have a week-by-week college football positioner. They have Notre Dame five or six or seven weeks of the season. One of those gets spun off as a home game, gets spun off onto Peacock as part of the current contract. So they're limited to six, seven games, and it's just completely inconsistent you could have 2 weeks in a row with a home game or where Notre Dame has home games and then there's an empty week if you're a programmer that drives you nuts if you're a local affiliate that drives you nuts because then you're trying to figure out how to how to fill an entire day where you have nothing essentially To put up against ABC's college football, just going for the over the air, Fox's college football coverage, CBS's college football coverage. For NBC, it is only a partial schedule versus three big behemoths, and the Fox one is just about to become the Big Ten all the time.
1: Let's put a pin on that real quick. I think we can expand on that here in just a moment. We'll continue our discussion on conference realignment. Yes, it gets crazier, it seems like, by the day. But now some TV companies are being thrown out there, getting involved potentially after this report from uh, Dennis Dodd and CBS Sports. More on that when we return to the game on KMAN. About 15 minutes away, we'll jump into some uh, K-State men's basketball non-conference schedule. We have the full schedule. We'll run down that, get some thoughts on uh, maybe the level of difficulty that Coach Teng and his brand new, basically brand new basketball team will face in the 2022 and also a game in uh, 2023 for the non-conference schedule. Also still to come in hour number 2 going to talk K-State football with uh, 24-7 sports college football analyst Carl Reed, who got my attention last week after his Amazing things he said about K-State and also uh, Deuce Vaughn, his ceiling, for the upcoming season. Number one song of the day and Ask Us Anything all coming up. Plus, uh, top of the hour, Ric Flair is going to announce his opponent for his last match. Can't wait to hear that announcement. <laughs> of course, you're going to hear it right here first on who that's going to be. Oh, boy. But we continue the the discussion here with uh, Mitch Troy, Travion here as well, running the show on the ones and twos. As it's, uh, it's also Sage Williams last week. We still have uh, Troy, who's going to play... Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, as we celebrate hitting two million, listens on our podcast. And I plan to have that on Thursday. Okay. Play on Thursday. Um, got some interesting ideas for um, Uh-oh. Lifelines. I haven't worked on the questions yet. I'm really just kind of focusing right now on the format. Okay. On how that's going to go. But uh, I'm really excited for that. Plus, uh, Sage's last show coming up on Friday. That's when we'll play uh, her final game of Do They Know It. But back to uh, conference realignment, and the big discussion today has been the TV talks. I know um, also Dennis Dodd had a report over the weekend talking about how, you know, maybe it'd just be better if the Big 12 and Pac-12, instead of trying to cut each other's throats and steal their programs from one and bring them to their own, maybe it's just better to alliance and work together. Again, the alliance talk, alliance within alliance, it's Survivor. You know, you're talking to everybody to see... (laughs) You're you're, you're talking with everybody to see, all right, what's the best deal? All right, we worked it out over here, but maybe this dude Mm -hmm. over here has a better deal for me. Get me further into the game. But, uh, again, the latest talks is uh, Notre Dame, to remain an independent, is asking $75 million from uh, NBC. And, again, this is a report from Dennis Donis, CBS Sports. As their deal is set to expire in, in 2025, Meanwhile, they're looking for a shoulder programming partner to enhance the deal for college football coverage on NBC. The talks of that conference would be uh, the big 12. Now where that marriage does in a way make sense as well, both of their deals expire in 2025. Mm-hmm. So on a timing standpoint, okay, yeah, maybe that does make sense. they can it's a lot easier to work a deal out together, however, Notre Dame would still be an independent. Nobody would be playing Notre Dame. Nobody would get the prime coverage on NBC because they're not playing Notre Dame. Notre Dame gets the spotlight, and it kind of reminds me of a concert where Notre Dame, at least that's just how it feels right now, if this were to happen, that Notre Dame would be the headliner on their home games every single week, and the Big 12 would be the warm-up. That's why I, I say
0: that it has to be, a, besides the fact that it doesn't include any sport besides football meaning there is no basketball contract involved in this, it has to be a Tier 2 deal because you cannot have your primary game uh, be on NBC unless you're getting a night slot and Notre Dame in the afternoon. But that's going to be a challenge to get that to pan out. It has to be probably the Tier 2 deal just for the schedule flexibility for NBC with what they deal with with Notre Dame.
1: Now, again, yeah, this is not a done deal or anything at the most. This is just... Yeah, we're just throwing around... We're speculating on what this could potentially mean for the Big 12. If this were to happen, just kind of talking it out, I, I want to make that very clear. But right now, the Big 10, they're they they're still in their negotiations. They're working on their new deal. And that is, you know, it, it's expiring their current deal, 2024, and so what they're right now is in talks with what the latest reports have been is the primary is with Fox. They're looking for a couple of partners to go in on this, you know, potentially on this deal with, believe seeking two to three other partners. Erics program, and I'm talking about NBC, excuse me, I'm talking about NBC, mm-hmm. two or three partners to go in along with it's reported enhancing its college football production, the games it would put on. More than just one every Saturday. But the Big Ten, it's kind of like we're waiting on to see okay, where are they going to land? Exactly where does the Big Ten, who are they working with? How much money? And, you know, that might set a gauge on where the Big 12 could potentially land, depending on where it goes. SEC already has their done deal with Disney, it's a record deal for them. Now, they're no longer with going to be with CBS in a couple of years, and they're focused now on ESPN. Now, with that money ESPN put into that, where does the Big 12 go from there? I mean, NBC, yes. That could be the Tier 2. CBS is definitely possibility. NBC, I don't know. I mean, there's just so many ways to go, but it feels like we're waiting on the Big 10 and also Notre Dame. Notre Dame now trying to loop potentially the Big 12 and to be like, hey— all right, you, you. It seems like the SEC is happy with where they are. Greg Sankey said that today. Sticking with sixteen, mm-hmm. there there's no reason for urgency. The Big Ten, it looks like they're going to be staying at sixteen. Do we really need to be fighting for other schools out of the Pac-12, where we could just team up together and make money in NBC? I don't know. It's it's really weird right now. I. It just I I. If this is truly being considered. By Brett Yormark, I my fingers are crossed. It's not a tier one type of deal, and I don't think it would be. No, there would be no way again to be
0: able to pull that off with what Notre Dame's schedule demands would be. One of the things that that stands out about this potential, though, that I really like, comes down to what has been the number one complaint um, among Big Twelve folks in this latest deal that's currently running the inability for games to be seen effectively on bigger channels ESPN ports, how many basketball games over to ESPN U or to even ESPN news or onto streaming only. If you operate with NBC as a tier two, And say you land CBS as the tier one, making the Big 12 essentially the replacement for the SEC in that primary spot on CBS. If you would land those two, folks, you're on over-the-air television for your college football games for the majority of them. You've just got the cable game completely out. There would be some that would wind up streaming only, possibly, but nowhere near what we have seen over the last few years.
1: Well, and again, like only college football is being considered, right? With conference realignment, TV deals, whatever, college football is by far and away what drives any conference.
0: But what a but what a improvement that would be. For fans in the, in the Big 12 footprint, specifically. And a much better national branding opportunity.
1: It is irritating, though, in a way, for me, when considering all this uh, this, this new media rights deal. I mean, let's not forget this deal with ESPN in the Big 12. I mean, K-State in the Big 12 has been able to, I think with the exception of or- uh, 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 Oklahoma, streaming everything, I mean, non-conference basketball, Volleyball, soccer, baseball, whatever other sports that are streamed out there in the Big 12. They've had that relationship with ESPN where ESPN Plus has been amazing to where we can get that kind of content. I, I worry that losing that kind of a relationship. That I, I hope it's at least somewhat considered, but it, it might not be. I hope it is in a way, but it might not be to where we lose that kind of access and does it go back to where the big 12 or the okay state is streaming its own games once again which you know for a small fee that's not a big deal but again it's probably not being considered and in a way why would it be it's not it's not bringing in a ton of money when it comes to advertising it's basically just some package that a a company out there will agree upon and be like, all right, hey, if you sign up for this, you're going to get your ads also on all of these games. That's one part of this is just not considered whatsoever, and that's all the other sports. Right. Yeah, well, but, I mean, realignment isn't considering
0: all of the other sports. It's strictly considering football and football only at this point as well.
1: Again, I'm not an expert in this whatsoever, but just I, I, I still go back to the shoulder programming And I don't like that kind of branding for the Big 12. Brett Yarmark said it. We're trying to get younger. We're trying to get hipper, cooler, whatever words we're also throwing out there. Trying to be that cool, hipper, younger brand. I mean, to me, being second fiddle on a network that has barely, you know, has just shown Notre Dame football for the last 30 years, that doesn't seem like going in that direction. Now, what would be is maybe getting on a streaming app. If we're just talking TV and we're talking media rights, the streaming part of it and football, I mean maybe Peacock would be that way. But I, there's no way that's got to be tier one. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that cannot be tier one. But uh, I guess we'll see how this plays out. Again, I'm just I'm my mind is running a hundred miles an hour to try to make sense of how this would all work out. And I just don't like a whole lot of it.
0: One of the things that is striking in the midst of this, do you realize how much history would have to go by the by the boards for Notre Dame to become a member of the Big Ten? Declined three different times for membership in the Big Ten in the early days of college football. And Fielding Yost at Michigan famously got other members of the conference to essentially boycott Notre Dame for a series of years over ongoing arguments over who had ineligible players and who didn't. It was a battle line that lasted into the 60s. That is that is amazing to think back that that much history could go by the side if the Big Ten really is that interested in Notre Dame. Well, but I- now... This wait, doesn't wait, seem like that yeah, way anymore. Given given the SEC moves and and kind of the uh, the brakes being applied by Greg Sankey in his comments today, where they sound like they're fine with 16, it looks like the Big Ten's probably going to fall in line with that.
1: Well, and there's no way. I mean, the big I, it goes back to you know how many teams is too many. I think we had this discussion at one point. You know, if I mean the SEC is in their media rights agreement for a while now. I mean, they're not going to go after new talks, at least the way the, the current contract goes. I mean, you're talking a decade before that were to go down again. And if you just keep adding these teams, it's a smaller piece of the pie for everybody. I mean, of course, if you're adding more teams, maybe they're bringing more revenue, whatever, but... Right. Sure, risk it, I guess. But, I mean, if you're the Big 12 right now, you could still get a great deal with 12 teams. And if NBC can provide that... Where it breaks down, and maybe I haven't even made this point yet, but where it mostly matters is like I, I was worried at one point about like adding the Arizona teams because they just don't draw eyeballs. They're not a big draw. But really what it is is as long as the company is willing to pay up, as long as they're giving you the best deal, that's, that's really what you're focused on. It's not so much about the potential eyeballs because ratings are really weird anymore. Yes. Because not everybody's watching live. Some are recording, some are fast forwarding through commercials. But that's that's not necessarily it. It's also those that just rather just and maybe not so much for college football, but for certainly for other sports, not watching every day because you can follow along with the score on social media. Right. You can follow along with a ticker or you can follow along with the ESPN app. Like, ratings are really – it's not the same with Nielsen anymore, where you have that box on the TV anymore. That's so old school. Such a weird way to do it anymore.
0: One of the things that strikes me, really, though, is that if, if this would come to fruition with NBC, those Sunday night football promos are going to be lit. Let's face it, do you know how much just even the promo dollars out of that sucker would be? For Notre Dame. For Notre Dame and for the Big 12, but yeah shoulder programming, I know.
1: When we come back, we'll talk K-State men's basketball. The non-conference schedule is out. That's next. I have I get no joy out of talking about it. Like it's almost un it's uninteresting to me. And because it's and it's because of the direction that we're going in. Greg Sankey mentioned it. He said super conference today. During one of his opening comments, or one of the first questions, one of the first couple of questions he was asked when he was talking about No Sense of Urgency, he mentioned Super Conference, where now we have two conferences basically in charge, and everybody else is running up a hill trying to keep up.
0: The whack of the early 90s is knocking at the door.
1: What is this song, Travion? What's the difference, Dr. Dre? Sorry, Dr. Dre fans, that I didn't know that. <laughs> Welcome back to the game, Mitch Fortner, along with Troy Coverdale and uh, Travion Berkland here as well. want to give a shout to Whammer, Dylan Phillips. He was drafted earlier today in the MLB draft. Eighth round selected by the LA Angels. So congratulations to uh, the home run king of K-State baseball going 238 Overall to the Angels. Still to come in hour number two, 24 7 sports college football analyst Carl Reed is going to join us to talk K State football. Dylan Edwards, he is fast, of course, number one song of the day and ask us anything it is all coming up. But earlier today, Coach Tang, and we talked about it last week, it was coming up soon. Well, it comes during the All Star break of Major League Baseball, and I'm glad because who knows what's going to happen this week when it comes to news. People like to drop certain news during this time because it's a slow week. Yes. It's Uh, it's like the Friday
0: afternoon news drop just extended.
1: The non-conference basketball schedule for Coach Tang and K-State men's basketball is out, and it will feature 14 games. It'll start November 7th at home against UT Rio Grande Valley on the road at Cal November 11th. November 14th, Arkansas Pine Bluff is in town. UMKC, three days later, is in Bramlage. And then the Cayman Islands Classic is November 21st through the 23rd. That's three games there. November 30th, on the road. As uh, at Butler for the Big East Big 12 battle. Wichita State, in town, December 3rd. Back at home three days later against Abilene Christian. Still at home for a three-game Homestand against Incarnate Word on December 11th. To Kansas City to take on Nebraska on December 17th for the Wildcat Classic. And then two more home games. The last non-con game before conference play starts is against Radford. I believe they're the Highlanders on December 21st. And then January 28th, the SEC Big 12 Challenge hosting Florida. Now, when we mentioned last week when Cal was added to the schedule... That from what we knew, there weren't really m- <laughs> like when it came to winning teams from last year, not a lot, not a lot happening. Florida, and um, but I will say, there's no doubt that this isn't going to be considered a tough non-conference schedule. Not not really even close to what I call a tough non-conference schedule. But there's got to be a strategy behind this. How many times have we used during the last couple of months where we've seen coach Tang and his coaching staff recruit guys and just throw out the word potential? There's a bunch of guys who are going to have to prove themselves mm-hmm. once of course practice gets going, the season gets closer and closer, but also there's already some veterans, can they live up to their hype? This is a good schedule to work out the growing pains. Not only as a team, but as a coaching staff. Coach Rumtang being a head coach for the first time. Work out some growing pains. It's also an opportunity to just rack up some victories. Have a strong record going into conference play. Have momentum. Have confidence going into conference play. Now, I will say, I mean... I don't know the history of these teams, like going from last year to this year, what they return. I haven't looked all into that, but you know, UMKC, for instance, they went into Mizzou last year, went into Columbia and won that game. Abilene Christian is interesting because last year, I mean, just to give an example, Abilene Christian, they played at Texas A&M last year, a team that went to the NIT championship and lost by a point to Xavier. Went to double overtime on the road in College Station. Now, I'm not expecting Wichita State to be anything in, like incredibly good or anything. That's going to be a fun environment in Bramlage Coliseum. Nebraska, I mean, we're talking Nebraska basketball. I right. Come on.
0: Still coached by... Hoiberg? Yes. so I believe so. Yeah, there's not going to be... Uh... There's not going to be much happiness in Lincoln this year.
1: But Florida still is, in my opinion, the the, the the tough game on the non-con schedule. Cal is not good. I don't think they've been good in basketball forever. Um,
0: Their athletic department's resources are so bad.
1: Well, and I mean, and just to start the season, UT Rio Grande Valley won like seven games last year. Arkansas Pine Bluff wasn't too far behind. Now, uh, I believe UMKC was a winning team last year. but I mean, Butler was not a winning team last year.
0: No, but that Mata uh, is back.
1: Incarnate Word is Garbaggio.
0: Been there, Radford, done that.
1: Radford is bad. So you're hoping, I mean, if you slip up anywhere. Now, the Cayman Islands Classic will be interesting because you don't know who you face in day three, but day two, you're talking either Nevada or Tulane. Again, not the toughest on the schedule. But that, that's basically where it lies. You're hoping to rack up a bunch of wins. Nothing too pushing, nothing until you get to the Florida game. When it comes to competition, level of competition, you hope you hope your guys can handle that. But this is a schedule where Coach Tang is going to have to figure out his own team. When we come back, Lane Kiffin talked about something that really needed to be talked about. I thought it was the most important part of SEC Media Days earlier today. (laughs) The game on K-Man. Well, SEC Media Days kicked off today. Where's Are those in Atlanta? Where's uh, it at?
0: Birmingham, usually. Oh,
1: Birmingham? I don't know. Who cares? Uh, but no sense of urgency from the Big tw- uh, from the SEC, according to Greg Sankey. Uh, just going to stick with 16. They talked about, oh, you know, I was on a summer vacation in New York at the lake, and I got the call that, well, the Big Ten is adding a couple of schools, USC and UCLA, so I needed to talk to... Uh, the other schools in the in the SEC be like, all right, what do we do here, boys? They were in, in Atlanta, Atlanta uh,
0: today okay. uh, they, at the uh, College Football Hall of Fame, but normally Birmingham gets them.
1: And I mentioned I mentioned last segment. I'm like, oh, this conference where you line up, blah blah blah. Just give me the concrete details. Let me know when something official happens, and we can talk about it. Um, Lane Kiffin, though, head coach of Ole Miss, he was talking about he was asked a question. You know, thinking outside the box and. You know, evolving the team. And he was like, you know, we don't really think outside the box. We just create a new box. I was like, all right, that's, that's, I like that. That's good. <laughs> but then he continued on with that answer. And he got to talking about not wearing a tie. The commissioner, I didn't wear a tie today. And he's like, man, I've always wanted to do that. I'm like, well, don't just do things the way they were before. He's like, I was waiting for someone to do it. So maybe the
0: commissioner won't have a tie next year why are we supposed to wear a tie just because it was done before doesn't really matter
1: i am now an ole miss fan (laughs) hotty toddy lane kiffin has made me a fan because of his take on ties i why do we wear ties anymore that's a great that's a great point it is because of tradition I don't like wearing ties. I don't like buttoning that top button and choking myself and even choking myself more with a tie trying to look to the nines.
0: Hardest hit. Fraternities at Ole Miss. Because they have to wear ties? They have to wear ties to the games.
1: Well, maybe it's time for them to change their tradition (laughs) as well. (laughs) Huge cocktail
0: party, so they dress up.
1: No, I, I... Went to a wedding a couple of months ago. I, wear a, I wore a suit, nice nice suit, and a nice shirt. Did I wear a tie? Nope. Did it make a difference? Nope. I'm over it. I'm over ties. I don't want to wear them anymore. I'm done. I think this is more of a trend we should be on. Why has this not changed over the years? Now, if we're talking like penguin suit... Like we're talking tuxedo. Well, yeah, you're you're you, yeah. yeah, you have to top it with you a tie. You typically bow, go bow tie, right? I mean, bow ties or whatever. But um I've just I I've I've worn one tie in the last probably 3 years. That's because I did an ESPN Plus broadcast for soccer. I was like I wore the tie then cuz I was supposed to. Like, hey, you know, ESPN like for these broadcasts, like maybe we 86 the ties as well. Let your uh, broadcasters be a little bit relaxed. uh, Suits are hot to wear anyway, especially soccer games. Hour two of the game. We're going to hear from Carl Reed, 24-7 sports college football analyst. Right now, your local news.